What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day. NFL Pod, if you want all the college football stuff, go back and listen to the show from yesterday. That's the new format, college football on Mondays, NFL on Tuesdays, weekend preview on Thursday or Fridays. I don't know yet. But anyway, a lot of NFL stuff to get into. I can't wait. It's going to be a really good pod. Make sure you stick around for the whole thing. Here we go. So we're going to start off this pod by recapping all the different NFL games that happened that has happened over these last two days, and then we're going to wrap up the show going over the 0-2 and 2-0 teams in the NFL. So let's start with Monday Night Football, the Browns and the Steelers. Steelers win 26-22. to Man, I really like this Steelers team, but I really like this Cleveland team as well. Let's start with the Nick Chubb injury. It's a shame. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Nick Chubb. He just seems like a naturally likable person. And man, if you didn't see the injury, do not go watch it. It's it's absolutely disgusting. He's out for the rest of the year, and you really hate to see it. Um, This Browns team was really good with him. Now they're going to be putting more on Deshaun Watson's shoulders, who wasn't great last night, but at the same time, this Steelers defense is really good. Deshaun Watson ends up going 22-40 for 235 yards, a touchdown and a pick, was also sacked six times for you know, a total of 25 yards lost. I mean, this Steelers defense is exactly what you expect from the Steelers defense. I mean, they've got dudes on dudes on dudes, right? Alex Highsmith had a sack. Uh, Obviously, you know, T.J. Watt, who is just an absolute beast. He's absolutely incredible. Um, Just absolutely destroys the game. One of the better edge rushers we have in the NFL. I mean, he just, he dominates the game from the moment that the ball is snapped, and you felt his presence Last night, he was awesome. On the other side, Cleveland Browns offense, they ran the ball really well. They ran the ball 35 times for just under 200 yards. I mean, when you can do that, you should be able to beat a lot of teams. But this Pittsburgh team, the pass defense was awesome. As I said, Deshaun Watson wasn't super great. 22 of 40, can't have that. He's got to be better throwing the football. Amari Cooper, he had a nice night, seven catches on 10 targets. Um, This Browns team, I like him. But what I really like about this Browns team is the defense because the Steelers, the fact that they scored 26 points is absolutely insane. I don't know how they did it. It's probably because the Browns turned the football over multiple times, you know, four times total, right? Um, Is that right? Yeah, yeah, four times total. Jeez, come on, Jonathan Lockett in here. They gave away the ball on three fumbles, two of them coming from Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson threw a pick. He was just a a turnover machine last night, and that's why the Steelers won this football game because the offense wasn't great. Kenny Pickett, similar numbers to Deshaun Watson, 15 of 30 passing, 222 yards, 71 of them came on one ball to George Pickens, who's awesome. Love George Pickens, love his game. Uh, He was sacked, you know, twice, you know, for a loss of 22 yards. I mean, he just, he wasn't very good. This Cleveland Browns defense is legit. On top of that, Pittsburgh couldn't run the ball. Okay, like you want to talk about a game that was stolen? The Steelers flat out stole this game from the Browns because it really feels like the Browns are and were the better team. You just, you know, got to know how to hold on to the football. If the Browns do that, they probably win that game. Moving on, let's move into Sunday. We're going to cover the Saints and Panthers in a bit. Um, Let's look at the Giants game. Giants come back. 
after not scoring in the first half, it took them six quarters to get on the board. That is unacceptable for a Brian Dable coach team. They go into halftime down 20 to 0. I believe they were down 28 to 0. And then they come roaring back when 31 28. Daniel Jones finally figures it out after Saquon Barkley hurts his ankle. He's going to be missing a few weeks with a sprained ankle. Good thing he got paid in the offseason. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones finally bounced back. They finally got it going. And Darren Waller, he had a solid game. Uh, Jalen Hyatt had two big catches, two receptions, 89 yards. Having a guy who can really stretch the defense is going to be really good for this Giants team going forward. They just got to be more consistent. That's kind of their thing. They were really bad in week one, getting you know 40-pieced by the Cowboys. Bounce back in week two. They find a way to win. That's what good football teams do. The Giants, they found a way to win. They got to keep doing that going forward. Uh, moving on, what other games do we want to highlight here? Colts-Texans, I really hate that Anthony Richardson got hurt. He looked so good. He looked so good before he got hurt. Uh, had a concussion on a touchdown run to the end zone. Uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, like 30 of 47, 384 yards, two touchdowns. Guy was absolutely ripping it. Both of those guys seem like they're going to be dudes here in the NFL. Now the game that I really want to get into. Chiefs-Jags, after this we're going to take... We're going to look at one more game, excuse me, and then we're going to take a break. Chiefs-Jags. Chiefs go on the road to Jacksonville and they win, which is so hard to do. Going into Tampa Bay or Miami or Jacksonville in September and winning on the road, especially when you're from the Midwest, really, really hard to do. Because it is hot and it is humid and it is not a fun place to play football. Okay. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' defense was absolutely spectacular. Um, I mean, holding this really good Jaguars offense, this offense that we are expecting a lot out of, especially here on the Shooting the Schmidt podcast. We're on the record saying that the Jags are going to be the number one seed in the AFC this year. Uh, Still not moving off that take. The schedule's lighter than air, okay? Not hard at all. Anyway, the Chiefs, they played really well. And when it comes to the Chiefs, we get very much caught up in talking about Andy Reid. We get very much caught up in talking about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey But this defense is really good. They've drafted on the defensive side of the ball extremely well. Um, Chandler Jones, not Chandler Jones. Why am I blanking on his names? Jones is back. Okay, the big defensive tackle who led the league in sacks last year with 16. He is back. You know, they agreed to the one-year deal. You know, I'm sure they'll, you know, hopefully extend him in the offseason because the dude, the dude can play. Um, What is his name? Why am I blanking on his name? It doesn't matter. You guys know who I'm talking about. But the DBs, they're really good. Trent McDuffie continues to play really well. Nick Bolton out of the linebacker spot, he continues to play really well. Chris Jones, that's the big defensive tackle's name, finally came to me. He had one and a half sacks against the Jags. He was big. This defense is really, really good. They made life really tough. On Trevor Lawrence, who didn't play much better than Deshaun Watson, who I was ripping on earlier. 22 of 41. Only 216 yards. Couldn't really push the ball down the field. Jags, you know, probably could have ran the ball a little bit more. Would have liked to have seen them commit to the run. You know, they only ran the ball 18 times. Travis Etienne only had 12 carries. Trevor Lawrence had five. And then Dearness Johnson had one. They got to commit to the run more than what they did. Um, but that being said, ultimately the reason why they lost this game is because they couldn't punch the ball in the end zone in the red zone. I mean, they were in the red zone, I believe, four times and you kick three field goals, like that's simply unacceptable. You can't do that and expect to beat really good teams like the Chiefs. I know that they, you know, came really close and excuse me, they were only in the red zone three times 
and had to settle for three every single time. Like, that's an issue. You're not going to win games like that. Okay, and when you're playing against the Chiefs and you win the turnover battle, right, you know, the Chiefs turn the ball over three times, and the Jags, they only turn it over once. I mean, like, you can't, you like, this is a game that the Jags have to win. You're at home. You win the turnover battle. You hold Patrick Mahomes and that explosive offense to 17 points. You got to be better than that. You, like, this is a game that the Jags should have won and definitely could have won. You know, they're walking into week three a little sick to their stomach after losing a game that was very, very winnable. Bright side for the Jags. One of the biggest concerns coming into the season was the defense. Man, the defense looked really good. They got after Patrick Mahomes, forced three turnovers. If that continues, this is a team that's going to have no issue winning a lot of games. As I said, not moving off of the the take. I still believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the number one seed in the AFC at the end of the season. Last game I want to highlight before we take a short break. Seahawks-Lions. If you know me, then you know I was all over this. Had the Seahawks plus five. They come out, they win in overtime, 37-31. Really good game, back and forth. Uh, Jared Goff, 28-35, 323 yards. Finally threw a pick. He also threw three touchdowns. He was really good. Geno Smith was also really good. I mean, just an all-around fantastic football game. Um, Yeah, I mean, just really impressive. Seahawks got the ball first at the start of overtime, and that's what happened. Like that was the difference. That and the the pick six thrown by Jared Goff um, in the I believe that was in the fourth quarter. So great game, great week of of, the, of NFL football. But now this happens every year. We talk about all the two and zero and zero and two stats. You know, sixty four percent of the time since nineteen ninety, teams that start two and zero make the playoffs. Okay, only eleven and a half percent of teams that have started zero and two since nineteen ninety have made the playoffs. We're going to get into those. We're going to talk about which 0-2 teams have the best chance at bouncing back, and we're going to look at the 2-0 teams that are real and the ones that are not. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. So there are nine NFL football teams who have started this year 0-2, okay? And we're going to try and figure out, or correction, I'm going to tell you which of these 0-2 teams we can expect to bounce back and be good at football and potentially make the playoffs. Because obviously there are teams... From this list of nine that we can immediately eliminate, we knew that they were going to be bad coming into the season. The Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, and the Minnesota Vikings all have no chance of making the playoffs, okay? These are teams that we expected to be bad before the season started. And now, they're just proving everybody right, so pat yourself on the back. You knew that these teams were going to be bad. I knew that these teams were going to be bad. Now let's move on from there. Meanwhile... People were optimistic about the New England Patriots, and people were optimistic about the Denver Broncos coming into the season. They've underachieved, um, and meanwhile, speaking of underachieving, the Cincinnati Bengals, who some people have picked to win the Super Bowl, they're 0-2, and the Los Angeles Chargers, people like me, have picked them to win the AFC West. They are also 0-2. The Bengals and the Chargers we fully expected to be playoff teams, and meanwhile, they are 0-2, along with the likes of all these other teams that I've mentioned that we know aren't very good at football. So, amongst these four teams, the Patriots, the Broncos, people, teams who people had interesting hopes on, like, you know what, like, they could be good. This team could grab the wild card. The Patriots could be a little bit more explosive on offense. They bring in, you know, Bill O'Brien. They have a real offensive coordinator. Maybe this team's going to be pretty solid this year. The Broncos bringing in Sean Payton. Hey, he can figure out everything that's going on with Russell Wilson. This team could be pretty good. 
right? That is kind of where we have ended up with those two teams coming into the season. And then I've already highlighted our thoughts on the Bengals and the Chargers and how these 0-2 starts are absolutely unacceptable for their playoff hopes. Now, let's start with the optimistic teams. Okay, let's start with the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots walked into this season similar to every other year in the post-Tom Brady era. There's a lack of playmaking and a lack of explosiveness on the offensive side of the football. The only reason people have any expectations for the New England Patriots is simply because Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in the history of the NFL, is still their head coach. And I hate to break it to people, but football has slowly crept away from Bill Belichick and what he wants to do and how he wants to play. Okay, Just like how it's slowly crept away from Nick Saban and how he wants to play in college football. The days of winning, because you can run the ball well and play good defense, don't exist anymore. Okay, At some point, whatever kind of offense the team is running, they have to be able to create some kind of big play on the outside. Okay, consistently putting together 10-plus play drives to score is really hard to do. It's really difficult. It is. Okay, it's not reliable. And the teams that the Patriots are playing, especially in the AFC, with these high-powered offenses of the Bills and the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the Jags and so on and so forth, these high-powered offenses, they're simply going to run over you and outscore you if you're reliant on 10-plus play drives to score. It's really hard to do. Okay, and look, winning games 17-10 to 10 just isn't really a thing anymore. That doesn't happen very often. Okay, the Patriots have to find some sort of explosive element in their offense. If they don't, then there's no way that this team makes the playoffs. It's not happening. Okay, they've got five division games left. They've got to play the Bills twice. They've got to play the Dolphins again. And they have to play the Jets twice. And I'll be honest, even with Zach Wilson at quarterback, I'm not convinced that the New England Patriots are better than the Jets, even though they should be because they have the better quarterback now. The offense is just so boring. They've got to find some way to spice it up and to make life easier on Mac Jones. They've got to figure it out. So yeah, New England Patriots, if I had to put money on it, no way this team makes the playoffs. No way. The Denver Broncos. We're two weeks into the season, right? Broncos 0-2. Coming into the season, this would have meant that Russell Wilson isn't the guy. Okay? Coming into the year, you know, people had their doubts on Russell Wilson and everything that happened last year. And if somebody was to tell you, hey, the Broncos, they're going to start 0-2, everybody's reaction would have been, get him out, Jared Stidham, let's go. Okay, we saw what he did, you know, in that one game for the Raiders last year. Jared Stidham time, let's go. This roster, it's good. They just need an okay quarterback. But I'm going to be honest, after these first two weeks, I still think Russell Wilson's the guy. Okay, week one against the Raiders, he was efficient. They didn't stretch the defense a ton, but, you know, he took what was given. I think he's moving better this year than he did last year. The reasons why they lost week one to the Raiders is simply because the special teams. Not Russell Wilson. Okay, they left four points on the board. They missed a field goal and they missed an extra point. Can't like that can't happen if you're gonna win. Okay, this week against the Commanders, the Broncos offensive line gave up seven sacks. And even though the offensive line gave up seven sacks, they still they still scored thirty three points. Wasn't the offense's fault. Meanwhile, their defense gave up thirty five to Sam Howell. Come on now. Wilson's moving better this year than he did last year. He looks better. He looks in better shape. The arm looks fine. Maybe he's not the guy that he was, 
you know, in Seattle. Correction, he's not the guy that he was in Seattle, but he's better than Jarrett Stidham as of right now. As of right now, you know, maybe in two weeks, you know, the train runs off the tracks, Wilson starts throwing interceptions, he's all of a sudden unwilling to move again. Then, okay, sure, pull him out, put in Jarrett Stidham, that's fine. But until that happens, you can't pull him out. Okay, the Broncos have not lost games because because of Russell Wilson's age and him playing like he's 40. That's not what's happened. Russell Wilson has played well enough at the quarterback position for the Broncos to win football games. Okay, they have. Now look, their schedule, really tough from here on out. Five division games left. Two of them against the Chargers, two of them against the Chiefs, and then one more against the Raiders. In addition to that, that's play the Dolphins. That's going to be tough. That's this week in week three. And the Lions down the road. Those are two tough games. Every other game, though, every other game is very winnable. If they can put it all together, if the defense can play well and the special teams can, you know, make some field goals, then they could win some games. And I think this team can make a wild card run. Even if they lose in week three, they could start 0 3. And I still wouldn't be surprised if this team made the playoffs. That's how much faith I have in Sean Payton to figure it out. Moving on. To the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, the Bengals shocked everyone in the worst way possible in week one when they lost to the Cleveland Browns 24-3 and Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards. Okay, to put it simply, Joe Burrow has not lived up to his new contract. He hasn't done it yet. 82 yards in week one, he was bad. He was better in week two, but he wasn't great. Okay, he's 27-41 passing for 222 yards with two touchdowns and an interception. Meh. We need more than that if we're going to make you the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL like he currently is. Now, look, I understand that his calf is hurt, but it's not an excuse to be this bad because he's been awful, okay? And I firmly believe that if the Bengals knew that he would be this far from his normal self, they wouldn't have played him, okay? And look, let's be honest, hindsight's twenty twenty. They shouldn't have played him. He should have sat out these first two weeks. Okay, it would have been hard for Jake Browning, their backup quarterback, to play any worse than Joe Burrow did. And here's what makes this really tough. The Bengals have a tough schedule on the way out. Five tough division games left. Two games against the Steelers. Or excuse me, four. Four tough division games left. Man, that's a tough way to start the season. They got another game against the Browns. They have another game against the Ravens. They got two more against the Steelers. That's four really, really tough games. In addition to that, they have to play the Rams, who look like they're very well coached. Matthew Safford looks good. They have to play the Seahawks, a team that everybody knows is going to be solid. They got to play the 49ers, the best team in the NFC. We're going to get into them. Here in a bit, they're going to play the Jaguars, the team that's going to be the number one overall seed in the AFC. That is at least eight tough games left. But the Bengals, they are more than talented enough to come back from an 0-2 record and make the playoffs. But that schedule is going to make it tough. And what's going to make it even tougher is Joe Burrow, their best player, isn't 100% healthy. And because he's not healthy, and because the schedule is so tough... The Cincinnati Bengals will not make the playoffs this year. Sorry to everybody who put money on them to win the Super Bowl. It is not happening. It's not happening. Sorry, guys. Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. <sighs> the Los Angeles Chargers. This is arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. They have high-level players at every position all over the field but on both sides of the ball. But they once again find themselves underachieving because they're the Los Angeles Chargers. 
and because Brandon Staley isn't a good coach. He's not. He's awful. Okay, I would say that's the largest part of the problem. In week one, they lost a shootout against the Dolphins, 36-33. to Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and Joey Bosa couldn't get the job done defensively in that one. And then in week two, the offense couldn't get it done in the red zone. Okay, look, they scored on all five trips to the red zone against the Titans. But they only scored two touchdowns. Okay, at any level of football, peewee, high school, middle school, college, definitely the NFL, it is imperative for offenses to punch the ball into the end zone if they want to win. Okay, on top of that, they got the ball first to start overtime, and they went three and out. The golden boy of the NFL, Justin Herbert, has to be better in that spot. Okay, the offensive coordinator, it's Kellen Moore now. This is a guy that people know can coach the offensive side of the football. Justin Herbert has to be better. In addition to their six division games left on their schedule, they have to play the Cowboys. That's a tough game. They got to play the Lions. That's a tough game. They got to play the Ravens. That's another tough game. And they have to play the Bills. Okay, they are in the same camp as the Bengals. They have more than enough talent to fight back from starting 0 2 and making a wild card run. But that schedule is going to make it really, really tough. Okay, all four of these teams are in the AFC. Four of the playoff spots are going to be taken by division winners. Unless there's an injury, it's probably safe to assume that whoever doesn't win the AFC East between the Dolphins and the Bills will also make the playoffs. So there's two spots left. Okay, The Patriots, they're not taking that spot. They lack the explosiveness on offense to come back from starting 0-2 this season. I don't think the Bengals can either. Talk about Burrow and his injury and just the tough schedule. I don't think it's happening for them either. That leaves us with the Chargers and the Broncos. And I'll be honest, if anyone other than Brandon Staley was coaching the Chargers, I would pick them to be the team most likely to make the playoffs that started 0-2. But guess what? Brandon Staley, as of right now, still the coach of the Chargers. So I'm not picking them. Which now means I had to pick the Broncos. They've got the easiest schedule left of these four teams. Okay, we know Sean Payton is a good head coach. And as I said earlier, Russell Wilson looks competent so far. Once again, of the four teams, I would pick the Broncos as the team most likely to turn around and make the playoffs. I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton to figure it out. Even if they lose to the Dolphins this week and they start 0-3, I can see them going 9-5 in their last 14 games and sneaking into the playoffs with a record of 9-8. and It could happen. It could definitely happen. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to flip it. We're going to look at the other side of this. We're going to look at the 9-2-0 teams and kind of decipher who amongst them is real and who is not. It's going to be good. Stick around for it. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Every year, when every NFL team suffers a loss, the members of the 1972 Miami Dolphins get together and they throw a party because they remain the only undefeated team in the history of the NFL. They haven't gotten together yet, okay? Because there's still nine teams who are currently undefeated sitting at 2-0. and It's just two games, but it means a lot. It means a lot. Since 1990, teams that have started 2-0 and have made the playoffs 64% of the time. Of these nine, who's a real threat? Okay, we're going to start in the NFC. Okay, there are seven undefeated teams in the NFC. Okay, two, to, two of the divisions contain six of them. Okay, the NFC East has three. The NFC South has three. What a shocker. And the San Francisco 49ers are the lone wolf from the NFC West. Okay? Let's start in the NFC East where one of these teams isn't like the other two. And that team is 
the Washington Commanders. Okay, the Cowboys and the Eagles have Super Bowl level expectations and they have the talents on their rosters to achieve a Super Bowl level goal. Meanwhile, the Commanders, they're a bit surprising. Okay, Eric Bieniemy has been a great addition for this offense. First year starter Sam Howell has played really well in this new system. But Bieniemy, not a miracle worker. At some point, this team is going to be limited by Howell's lack of experience and talent. Okay, they've got good players around him, Scary Terry. I like Bijan Robinson Jr. But eventually, Sam Howell is going to cost them. But this is still a great story. The Commanders, they're a lot of fun. Okay, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Ron Rivera continues to put together good defenses. That's just what he does. And this Commanders team gets after the quarterback. And when a team can do that, they can win a lot of games. Ten sacks through two two games is a great way to start the season. Okay, Howell's going to have to continue to play well, and the Commander's front four is going to have to continue to generate pressure on the opposing team's quarterback. If they can do those two things, then the Commanders can definitely make the playoffs this year. Okay, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people are pulling for the Commanders. Bienemy's been snuffed out of multiple head coaching gigs. People want to see them succeed. I'm one of them. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this keeps going for the Commanders. I like where they're headed. They just need... More of, a, more of a guy at quarterback than Sam Howell to really kind of be pushing the envelope to be in the upper echelon of these 2-0 teams and of these NFC teams. Moving on to the Cowboys. Okay, the Cowboys have the most disruptive player in the NFL, Michael Parsons. It's simply incredible. Uh, he's the anchor of the best defense in the NFL. Okay, they lead the league in both total DVOA and defensive DVOA. Okay, this is an awesome defense. Okay, now to be fair though, they haven't played the toughest teams or the toughest quarterbacks to start the season, okay? But shutting out any NFL team, especially if it's a team coached by Brian Dable, is impressive, okay? And from that Week 1 win over the Giants, it became clear that this defense is elite, just as we suspected heading into the season. In addition to having Micah Parsons, they bring in Stephon Gilmore, which is just huge, okay? And they're playing across from Trayvon Diggs, one of the more aggressive corners in the league, who just seems to make plays, with this pass rush as well, I mean, it's just, it's going to be so difficult to throw the ball against the Cowboys due to the pass rush and these two corners. I mean, this defense is so good that the offense doesn't even have to be great. It just has to be okay. All right, all that they need Dak Prescott to do is just not turn the football over. Okay, he doesn't have to be Superman, which is fine because Dak Prescott is not Superman. Okay, but he can be Clark Kent. Okay, he can be an average quarterback. He can manage the game. Okay, he's probably a little bit more than Clark Kent, but you see where I'm going with this. If the Cowboys offense simply doesn't turn the ball over, they should win a lot of games and be a really good, really scary playoff team because this defense is simply incredible. Moving on to the final team here in the NFC East, the defending NFC champions look lackluster through the first two games. Sorry, they don't look great. Okay, if Darius Slay doesn't have a pick six in week one, then they may not beat the Patriots. Thursday night, it looked really sloppy. They looked unorganized. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown the ball super well. He hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in the game yet. Okay, against the Patriots, the offense didn't look great. During the Vikings game, though, they seemed to find some sort of identity. They ran the ball all over the Vikings. Okay, now to be fair, the Vikings defense is bad. It's really bad. But they ran the ball for over 250 yards. Okay, DeAndre Swift went for 175. They, they're physical, and they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. 
Okay, the, honestly, the trenches on both sides of the ball is the strength of the Eagles. Okay, we know they've got multiple defensive linemen who can get after the quarterback. Okay, they have stocked up on them over these past few drafts. Okay, if Darius Slay continues to play how he's played through these first two games, then they should be fine defending the pass. But the biggest thing for the Eagles is they have to figure out the passing game. It has to get going. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are too good of weapons to not figure out ways to get them the ball in space. And the passing game is why they were so good last year. Okay, They have to figure out that part of their offense or else they're not going to be able to repeat as NFC champions. Moving on to the Falcons, the NFC South. They have three undefeated teams through two weeks, which nobody saw coming. This is insane. Okay, the Falcons had some expectations coming into the season, right? Over the last few drafts, they've done a good job acquiring some offensive talent. Desmond Ritter, first-year starter. Um, they bring in rookie running back Bijan Robinson. People are really excited about him. He looks awesome. Okay, they made some moves in the offseason to beefing up the defense, especially the, the defensive line. I mean, they've made some improvements, okay? And the defense has been solid so far, but competition hasn't been great. We know the Panthers are bad. They got Bryce Young in his first NFL game ever. We're still kind of trying to figure out if the Packers are good or not. But here's the issue with the Falcons. It's Ritter. Okay, he hasn't been very good. Simple as that. They feel really similar to the Commanders. There's a lack of talent at the quarterback spot. It's going to be their downfall at some point. The good news is Arthur Smith appears to be a solid NFL head coach. Okay, if Ritter can just develop into a solid option at quarterback, then this Falcons team could be pretty good come playoff time. Because as of right now, I mean, they can win this division. Okay, their schedule's soft. It's easy. They're going to continue to win games because they can run the football. And if the defense continues to play as well as it has these first two weeks, they should be fine. Moving on to the Saints. Saints have won two games by a total of four points against two teams that aren't very good. Okay, they beat the Titans in week one by one. And they beat the Panthers last night by three. Okay, this defense looks good. They're young and they're fast. But the offense has got to develop. It's got to be better. Okay, Chris Olave really seems to be the only reliable receiving option. Taysom Hill is currently their leading rusher. Those are issues. Okay, when Calvin Kamara comes back, that should help the run game. But look, Michael Thomas has to be more present. He's got to get more touches. Unless the offense can become more complete and not overly reliant on Olave... This team won't make the playoffs. Moving on to the Buccaneers, the most surprising team to start 2-0. Okay, they, they went from quarterback controversy during camp to a 2-0 record. That doesn't happen. Okay, Baker Mayfield's done a good job so far. You know, he had a big game this week against the Bears, threw for, threw for over 300 yards. He hasn't thrown a pick yet. Uh, he's done a good job just taking care of the football. And the Buccaneers, they've got weapons. He's distributed the ball well. We know the swagger and the confidence that Baker Mayfield brings to a locker room. He's bringing that to a team that's won a Super Bowl, that's already experienced that, right? And so on top of that, this defense got some talent on it. Okay, now, before I get ahead of myself, they beat the Vikings and the Bears, two teams that are not very good at football. So I want to see a little bit more, okay? Um, I'll be honest, not a believer yet, okay? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll fall off at some point. I don't think Baker Mayfield can I don't think Baker Mayfield can avoid turning the ball over and that is why I don't believe in the Buccaneers. Moving on, final NFC team here, San Francisco 49ers. This is a really good football team. Okay, people are freaking out about the Cowboys 
and how the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. And I'll be honest, I don't think that's the case. The 49ers look like the best team in the NFC East. Or excuse me, the 49ers look like the best team in the NFC so far. Okay, this defense is just as talented as the one that the Cowboys are putting on the field. Their offense is better, and they have the best coach in the NFC. Okay, this is also arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. Okay, their three best players on offense are all incredible. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle. They're all monsters who can do multiple things. Brandon Ayuk coming on strong to start the season. And they have a quarterback in Brock Purdy who distributes the ball well. Okay, he throws with anticipation. He doesn't force the issue. He just takes what's given to him, and he says, thank you. That that means a lot. Thank you. I will gladly throw the ball four yards down the field to Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey and watch them run for another 12. Sounds great. I'll do that all day long. Let's do it. Okay, this team is very complete, but the question for them remains the same. Can they stay healthy? It seems like every year that this team is good and we lo- and it looks like they could win or go to the Super Bowl – Somebody gets hurt and it completely alters their season, right? Like last year was Brock Purdy. If they can defeat the injury bug, then this team can undoubtedly win the Super Bowl. That's what they look like through two weeks. Okay, moving on to the AFC. Only two undefeated teams in the AFC. Okay, the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens, and they both look really, really good. Let's start with the Dolphins. They are so fast. Mike McDaniels has thrown in some wrinkles to the offense that are just tough to handle. If you watch the Sunday night game, Tyreek Hill got multiple free releases off the line. No way to bump him, no way to put a hand on him or anything due to the motion that they used. Okay, third down. Every time it was like third and seven, we knew what play the Dolphins were going to run. Okay, they were going to bring you know, Tyreek Hill in motion. He was going to you know, get a running start, stop at the line, and turn around. While the guy, you know, outside of him would run a go to pull the safety out of the way, and then, you know, the guy in the slot would run a slant, okay? And then, boom, windows open, Tua on time, on target, first down Miami Dolphins. It was incredible, okay? Mike McDaniel, offensive genius. On top of that, they now have a defensive genius in Vic Fangio, okay? They made great adjustments from week one to week two to stop the run. They had the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball as well. Jalen Phillips is an emerging edge rusher. Javon Holland is one of the best safeties in the NFL. And when Jalen Ramsey comes back, he's going to be a great pair with with Xavier Howard. He's going to be a huge upgrade over Eli Apple. Okay, this roster is complete. They are good on both sides of the football. But none of it matters without the right quarterback. Okay, and Tua Tugavailoa has greatly improved. Okay, last year he was great within the system. When the offense was on time and on target, he was an MVP candidate. He was really, really good. But when plays broke down, he had to improvise and he had to process post-snap. He really struggled. Now we look at him this year. He's still the same guy within the system. He's great when the you know the, when things are on time and on target and everything. And he has improved dramatically when it comes to making plays off script. When it comes to the post-snap processing, he has improved greatly. Okay, if that continues, it's going to be hard to refute the idea that the Dolphins could win the Super Bowl. That is how good Tua has been. Obviously, he has to stay healthy, but man, this is a really, really good team. Moving on to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looks like he was worth every penny he was paid this offseason, unlike Joe Burrow. Okay, he controlled the game against the Bengals on Sunday as a passer, despite what the casuals say. 
Lamar Jackson can throw the football. He can sling the rock around the yard. Okay, he's reached a point where he wants to play from the pocket, but he's willing to run when he needs to. Okay, the receiver additions have been awesome. Zay Flowers looks like he's going to be a star. So fast, so elusive in the open field. He gets open with ease. Odell Beckham Jr., not what he was, but he's more than talented enough to be the second option in the offense. Mark Andrews is still a monster in the passing game. This offense is really, really good. The J.K. Dobbins injury stinks, but they'll be fine without him. They don't need him, okay? The defense, also incredible. Roquan Smith, huge gift for the Ravens last year. Okay, he allows the other, excuse me, the other linebackers like Patrick Queen just to roam free and do what they do best, and that is chase the football. Okay, they also have one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. John Harbaugh doesn't get the respect that he deserves, but man, this Ravens team, they look awesome. Okay, now the four best teams with a 2-0 record are the Dolphins, the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. Everyone else still has something to prove before I buy into them. And yes, that includes the Eagles. I know they won the NFC title last year. I know people love Jalen Hurts right now, but they got to figure out that passing game. And I think everyone else is pretty self-explanatory as to why I'm not the biggest believer in them going forward. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. It really means a lot. If you want to hear my college football stuff, feel free to go back and check out yesterday's podcast. I'll be back on either Thursday or Friday. haven't really decided what I'm going to do there yet uh, to break down what all is going on this weekend. Hope you have a good one. I'll be back on Thursday or Friday, and I'll talk to you all then. <laughs>